We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everyone, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast, presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our National College Football Writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Trochi, and keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. Don't forget, Saturday night on our CFB Nation YouTube channel, we will have a live reaction show on Saturday for uh, week one around 11.30 p.m. I know you won't be watching all the games, but we will be. And we can uh, catch you up, share our reactions. So come on by and sip a twisted tea with us as we discuss uh, all the big developments on Saturday. Bill, week zero is in the books. We're getting ready for week one. But before we jump in, I want to wish you a happy anniversary. We've been doing this show for one year. <laughs> On the nose, yes. We, we, we prepared. Our first show was was prepping for week one of last year, and here we are again. And we're circling back, starting with Notre Dame at the top. So, uh, you know, that's a nod to our, our Irish breakdown friends, Brian Driscoll. He made this possible. So, well, we'll have to be better in our sophomore season then. So it can't be like uh, I made a rookie mistake on a radio mistake. Uh, interview yesterday where I called Zachariah Branch Malachi Branch. So that's going to haunt me for probably the rest <laughs> of the year. It happens though. Like I was taught when you make a mistake like that, you just, you keep going. Just and keep going. Just keep going. It happened. Um, we're moving on. That's all the coach speak in the world, but uh, you know, it was a busy Monday and it's going to be a, a fun week one, a long week one, but we're ready for it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's talk a little week zero uh, before we get into, you know, realignment and Arizona State's bowl ban and all that kind of stuff. Um, walk in, uh, coming out of week zero, I think Notre Dame was probably the top story. They put together a near flawless performance against, against Navy over in Dublin. When they wanted to run the ball, they ran the ball. When they wanted to pass the ball, your prediction – about how they would try to establish the run and then turn Sam Hartman loose was dead on, dead on. Their first two possessions were all about running. They even ran on third and 10 at one point. And uh, they clearly established Estime as a great running back and, and the offensive line looked great. And Hartman kind of let it loose after that. I mean, there was nothing really to complain about if you're a Notre Dame fan. Complete. And I got, I had like the game plan down, but not the score. I didn't think they were going to just come out and obliterate them like that. And, you know, one of the things I look at, pro football focus, one of their most useful tools that I use is, you know, the passing depth. And, you know, you look at six or seven on throws of 10 yards or more, six or seven, and I'm adding it up now, 101, uh, math skills, 121 yards, three touchdowns on those passes, spreading the ball out to the receivers. Jaden Greathouse scored twice. I mean, they they looked awesome. <laughs> I mean, there's no way around it, right? There's no they – looked un, they looked like a team where, you know, some of my buddies here in Columbus were like, oh, a, as in – if that were a game this week, I'd be worried, even more worried if I was Ohio State. But the fact that they both got a couple weeks to settle in, that's going to be an absolute brawl when they play in South Bend at the end of the month. Yeah, like Hartman, I mean, he was impressive when he had time. But there were two back-to-back throws. One was the first touchdown pass at Great House. And then the play before that. He was both of the times he was under pressure getting hit and made the play. And that is not something we've seen from a Notre Dame quarterback in a while. So he proved that, you know, he can move around, he can create, uh, as he did in the first possession of the third quarter and had a touchdown pass. But 
under pressure doesn't necessarily mean the play's over or it's going to be an incomplete pass or anything like that. He stood up, stood strong, and that's what happens when you're 24 years old sometimes, right? I mean, he's their best quarterback since Brady Quinn. Easily. And and we could get into a Sam Hartman versus Brady Quinn debate. And I think part of the, part of it is an advantage. And we wrote about this on Sporting News is new. We ranked everybody one to one thirty three. That's your fault that I <laughs> that I'm doing that. But uh, we're going to do it right. Um, they th- he doesn't have the pressure of being on campus for four years. I think when you're a Notre Dame quarterback for more than, you know, Joe, Mo- that Joe Montana dealt with that. Joe Theismann dealt with that. These are great NFL quarterbacks. And even in present day, like Ian book, I remember him dealing with this. He was, is he their all time winningest quarterback by wins or something? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I don't want to get that wrong on here, but he dealt with that pressure where getting to the playoff wasn't enough. I mean, that's a tough job and he only has to do it for one year. So it's almost like, Hartman comes in in a bit of a advanced, not a savior. That's probably the wrong word choice for Notre Dame, but um, that kind of rule where it's a one-year rental and he can just go out and let it rip. Sammy Heisman. There you go. I mean, he's in the mix now. (laughs) Like he's in the mix and he'll have three top 10 showdowns to show it. That's right. And they, they attacked with wide receivers. They didn't attack with the tight end. And that's a nice change of pace too for Notre Dame observers. So, yeah, Notre Dame came out, took care of business with a a capital T, capital C, capital B right there. Um, thoughts on USC? I didn't see this game. I don't have Pac-12 Network, even if I was home, but I wasn't home. I was at the Vanderbilt game. So their defense is getting ripped nationally. I didn't see enough of it. I've looked at a box score. Not great. Seven yards of carry for San Jose State. Almost 400 yards. I don't know how much you saw this game, but it looks – and the, the narrative is it's more the same for a Lincoln-Riley team. Well, we mentioned Branch and Caleb Williams. They're phenomenal. Their offense is phenomenal. Their offense is going to average over 40 points a game just like it did, you know, when Lincoln-Riley was at Oklahoma and present day. They're scary offensively. But that kickoff return by him – broke the game open. It was still kind of like, you know, this is 35, 21, you know, and then they blow blow it open, but yeah, too many yards. And that's going to be the thing when you're in a conference where there's nine quarterbacks that I would consider pretty good that like all the way down to Shadur Sanders. Good to great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Like that you could get caught in a game, a couple turnovers. And if you're still giving up 400 yards a game, you can lose pretty quickly. So I think that's something to keep in mind with USC's defense and why we're hypercritical of it, because I think nothing changed. Uh, Josh Pate shared something on Twitter of a third and 23 or something like that, where they just ran the San Jose state guy just ran like it was a video game around tacklers and gets a first down. And somebody else on social media made a point that why are you getting all creative on third and 22 uh, just let your front four work. You're the better team. And it's maybe they're out thinking themselves a little bit on the defensive side. Maybe so. I mean, Alex Grinch has a good reputation, right? But he's not he's not producing so far at USC. I mean, obviously you can't overreact to week 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 zero. Speaking of week zero, my Trochi trivia is a week zero uh theme to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You ready? 
I'm ready. You and Jacob Hester nailed on the last show, nailed the trivia question. We'll see how you do with this one. Uh, what is the last time a team won on week zero and then landed in a New Year's Six Bowl? <laughs> oh, okay, boy. so the, you, you, week zero sort of stands by itself. You're, there are some memorable games in there. And so you got to think who was a good team that played on week zero and then ended up playing in a New Year's Six game. I'll give you a hint. It was within the last five years. So it's not like 20 years ago. And I'm trying to. Right. So this uh, we'll revisit that at the end of the end of the show. Last team to win all week. Because Notre Dame is hoping to do that this year. USC is hoping to do that this year. Who is the last team to actually do that? So we will we will visit that at the end of the show. Right. Start thinking about that one. Oh, dear. So I was at the Hawaii Vanderbilt game and um, Hawaii looks much, much improved. Uh, they have quarterback Timmy Chang is putting in the run and shoot. Uh, they they really stood toe to toe with an SEC team on the road. You know, the whole Maui strong thing was pretty cool and everything like that. Vanderbilt busted a kick, uh, kick return for a touchdown. That was a good play. Turned out to be the difference. Vanderbilt couldn't put him away, but you know, Good to see, I guess. My takeaway from that uh, was, you know, it's good to see Hawaii making some strides and maybe that Timmy Chang is the right guy because last year they didn't make a lot of progress. Right. And uh, and you got a picture with the dude in the shirt that went viral. So what did it say? They're waiting on their Pac-12 invite? Yes. Hawaii said, hey, Pac-12, we're still waiting on our invite. What a shirt. That's, that's <laughs> first class. But, I mean, good for Hawaii that you see improvement in year two. It's good when they're good. I so let me, I'll just play reporter here. More impressed with Hawaii or more concerned with your Commodores? Uh, certain parts. Yeah, I thought A.J. Swan, the quarterback, played well. I thought Will Shepard, the wide receiver, is going to have another good year. The problem was the offensive line. I saw some advanced analytics or somewhere on Twitter. The average <laughs> yards, yards before contact for Vanderbilt running backs was 0.1 yards, Bill. <laughs> How, for the game, zero point one yards before contact. So uh, the that's not good. Trip, they that's busted not. one one run early for about twenty yards for a touchdown, and then after that, I believe they had twenty two running back carries for forty four yards against that's, the Hawaii front seven. That's not going to cut it, obviously. So that's a concern. Uh, the defense didn't get enough pressure either on Hawaii. Um, so that would be my two takeaways from and, and a mutual, QB. mutual friend of ours did well on the cover too. So we won't <laughs> name his name, but uh, yes, we were we were getting text about that. So it, he it was, wasn't looking good when Vanderbilt yeah. was up twenty one, but uh, uh, yeah, he was very happy that night. So well, it's illegal or it's legal in that state, so he's fine. Um, they got the cut. They got the yeah. cover. That's right. We'll see how so, they go. That's my alma mater. Your alma mater. You lost your first team All Mac quarterback in the first quarter. Tell us about a little Ohio, San Diego State. Well, it went the way that I didn't want it to go in terms of you know we kind of presented both cases. If Ohio could get up and down, and Curtis Rourke was sacked, and they, as a precaution, he's coming off a torn ACL. They didn't play him, mm-hmm. and uh, it was this kind of fist fight with a physical Brady Hope team that. 13 to six um, and they had a chance to take it down and tie, but tough loss on the road. Um, they'll, they'll come back this week. They've got an FCS opponent and then 
he'll get into it, you know, and then get into the max schedule. But hopefully Curtis Rourke's okay. It sounds like he's going to play this weekend, and it was precautionary. But um, disappointing start to the season. But at the same time, I think the Bobcats, they'll be fine in the MAC. Um, I do have one question before we get to our next topic. The most divisive thing over the weekend was the clock rolls. I, I misread this. I thought they're great. First quarter, Notre Dame, I was like, this is amazing. They're already in the second quarter. Um, some people don't like the new clock rolls in college football, and I was stunned by that. What do you say? I surprisingly didn't even notice, to be honest. There you go. I was just watching the Notre Dame game. I was kind of in a social situation. And then, of course, I was at the game. So I haven't had like a normal viewing experience for a game to get a sense of the difference, but just from – being there and then, like I said, watching the Notre Dame game like with some friends and stuff, I did not notice a big change. But I wasn't fully locked in, but I didn't really notice. Like a lot of people are saying, you're taking away our college football. And like the USC still scored 56 points. You know, you, you get I, – I like them. I think they're effective. Um, and in these TV where it's become a TV sport, and we're going to talk about that here in a second, um, those TV windows are important, and I think they're going to make those windows. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. So the ACC realignment's still up in the air. Who knows if you're listening to this a day or two from now, maybe it's settled. It should be settled, but I don't know if, if it's going to be settled with Cal, Stanford, and SMU in or out. Uh, but what, were, what are your thoughts as to why the ACC is reaching so far away to bring someone in, to bring three teams in uh, to – to strengthen the league uh, numbers numbers game you know brett mcmurphy tweeted about how espn would have like they can renegotiate if that number dips below 15 so in the event that florida state and clemson and that must mean florida state clemson and somebody else thinking about it you know whether it's in north carolina or one of those what were they calling them this the secret seven or yeah, super, something yeah the super friends they uh <laughs> they were whatever they called them they uh if three of them leave, then there's or two of them leave, then they're still at 15. Um, 
again, absurdity is a word I've been using on this podcast quite a bit recently because just the sheer thought of, okay, I'm sitting there late at night and I'm watching college football next year and I'm going to switch from NC State Stanford to Washington, Minnesota. And I'm going to be like, what is this fill in the blank? You know, what am I doing? Uh, it, it will definitely be a turn of the absurd. And like I've said, I was just talking about this with the 97-1 in Columbus. Um, SMU is the unquestioned winner. Unquestioned winner of the last, you know, what talk about a long game, going from death penalty to buying their way back in. I know Dan Wetzel wrote about it today. I, I haven't read the column yet, but I'm sure Dan did a nice job. But He made, a, my, funny, he made a funny point that the yeah. boosters got them the death penalty, and now the right. boosters are. Now you can go out <laughs> and buy it. You can go buy Eric Dickerson and, say, and Craig James now, and nobody will care. So good for SMU, by the way. Also one of the best uniforms in college football. And uh, I think they win realignment if they're willing. It's the absurd. We were talking about this yesterday. The absurdity of these reduced shares to no shares to uneven revenue distribution. That's not going to last long in some of these places. I agree. And someone asked me today, can SMU really be good? Because there are people younger than us that have no memory whatsoever of SMU ever being a factor. And I said, you know, last time they were basically in a power five, they were really, really good, but it was so long ago and the geographic challenges. I don't know. Maybe this will just revitalize the program and they will become a, a, a perennial top 20 team. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on SMU and whether it's, or not they can they can get there again? It's Texas. I mean, we just watched their rival do it. TCU right. just did it in a, right. in a quick fashion. Um, out of the ACC, it might be a little bit harder. But, I mean, that Dallas probably won. made uh, SMU people a little more even more anxious to grab their, right. their checkbooks and say, right. well, watching TCU in the, in the playoff. You think people like there's certain college football places. You and I were having a back and forth about something with Ryan Day yesterday. There's certain places in college football where people are just logic goes out the window. Texas is one of them. And there's and there's 12 FBS schools in Texas where that logic can go out of the window pretty quick. But, yeah, to answer your question long way, yes, if they can recruit Texas, start there and get guys and say, hey, I mean, at minimum, you're saying, hey, you get to go play Florida State. Get to go play Clemson. You get to play, you know, it's better than where they're at now. And like you said, it's a long time ago, but when they were in the Southwest Conference, they were competing with Texas and Texas A&M. It won't feel like that, but it does give them a seat at the Power Five table. The other unquestioned winner is UCF. UCF was a Division II school 40 years ago. You know, UCF might be the answer to your trivia question. I'm still thinking about it, but um, they uh, (laughs) – They're definitely one of the other winners of this, that they they are able to get a seat at the Big 12 table. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, one other thing I want to touch on, Arizona State self-imposed a bowl ban for this year, and they dropped it on their team less than a week before their Thursday night opener uh, for playing this Thursday. I think it's against Utah State, maybe. Um, Thoughts on... Arizona State, the violations, they've been been getting investigated, of course, in NCAA, typical NCAA fashion for two to three years. For It was violations during COVID. Uh, Herm Edwards was the head coach. Antonio Pierce was a recruiting director. They hosted 
plenty of recruits that they were not supposed to host. It was a quiet period nationwide for months and months for everybody to be safe, public safety. It was determined by the NCAA that that's how they were going to move forward. Arizona State clearly violated many, many of these uh, rules that were put in place, had visits for a competitive advantage, trying to get a competitive advantage. Uh, Herm Edwards was fired, uh, not for that really, more for performance than anything else. But what were your thoughts of of self-imposing? The NCAA didn't do this, and they haven't really been banning people from the postseason. You look at Tennessee, they didn't even get a bowl ban. They self-imposed it right before the season. Awful, awful timing. Because here it is, like if you really want to punish a program, I think the school wants to do that because they don't want what taken away money and scholarships. So for their next chapter, which it puts Kenny Dillingham in a bind because he had created some excitement around Jaden Rashada, the new starter that we were talking about him last week, um, new program. And it's always, I hate it for seniors. Like I know that's cliched, but you know, they, you got to play for something. You got to wave something at them. And, uh, but you know, it, it also, I've done the whole what do bull games mean thing for years. This is when they suddenly matter to people because you took it away from them. And then when they're Arizona State's playing in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl or whatever, why does this game matter? Well, this is why it matters. Because if you take it away from them, it definitely matters. And I and it's just ridiculous. I, I think bull bands never work. They've never worked. I, I always point back to Ohio State in 2011. Uh you know, self-imposed bull ban or whatever, or no, they, they, that wasn't them. They, they were suspended so hard by the NCAA that they got urban Meyer USC had a bull ban. They came out of the bull ban ranked number one in the country with Lane Kiffin. That didn't go well, but point being that bull ban didn't do anything. I, yeah, I, I was going to play sun devil advocate. <laughs> um, you thought of that all day. It's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, some people are acting like it's like the end of the world. They were acting like it was being banned from the NCAA tournament. Right. That's two completely different things. The NCAA tournament, if you get in, you can do something in there, even if you just win one game, right? Ask Fairleigh Dickinson. Yes, you win one game, your whole season's made, you get all this attention, you get all this money, you get all this everything. St. Peter's made the final eight. You know, they didn't win it all or whatever. NCAA basketball tournament, Getting a postseason ban is serious, serious punishment. Bowl games are exhibition games at the end of the season in the Frisco Bowl or like in the Tony right. the Tiger Bowl. The good players sit out. Like it's not that they're still going to play 12 regular season games. They're still going to play USC and Washington and Oregon. And they're still going to try to go six and six or whatever. Like it wasn't the tragedy that some people were making it out to be to me. Right. Right. And, you know, to be fair, Arizona State's trying to get ahead of this thing. They know they're going to have to have – they're going to get punished. So they're trying to mitigate it just a little bit. They're don't not even sure they're going to make a bowl. Um, so to dump it on them right before the season, that's bad timing for sure. But like I said, you're still focused on the regular season. You're still going to get 12 games. I don't know. I didn't – I didn't. Yeah, I thought the reaction was a little over the top. It wouldn't work, so I messed that up. And Ohio State – they had a bull ban in 12, which was Urban Meyer's first year, and they went 12-0. and 0. So he just infuriated everybody because the best team in the Big Ten didn't play for a Big Ten championship or didn't get a chance to play for a national championship in 2012. And I don't know if that Ohio State team would have won it, but 
I'm trying to go back to who was the national title game. That was Alabama beating Notre Dame by whatever many points. It certainly would have impacted the national championship picture because then you would have had an Ohio State Notre Dame national championship game likely because Alabama had lost. So I, I don't know. I again, I'm not a proponent of bull bans. I am a proponent of if you want to punish a team, the NFL does it by draft picks. Those matter. That and if you want to take take away scholarships, that's fine. If you want to take away money from the athletic department, that's when you get their attention. But, you know, penalizing a group of kids that weren't part of that or a coaching staff that wasn't part of that, it is, we've had, I mean, we've had this conversation before and you're right. Like it's not, it, it for, if, if it was that, like that Ohio state team, that was an actual conversation because that group went undefeated and right. they can look back. It's been 11 years and say, man, we, we got cheated out of a national championship shot. Right. Right. So uh, the one last thing, the college football playoff committee is meeting tomorrow, Wednesday to discuss among other things, a potential change to the format that they finally agreed to, but they still haven't used yet in uh, 2024 and 2025 is still on the table. They agreed to six at large and six automatic qualifiers for the 12 team playoff. And now that the PAC 12 is basically disintegrated they are either going to go five automatic qualifiers or they could potentially stay at six if the group of five really puts up some sort of fight somehow. Or they could go 12 out large. We discussed it. Mike DeCourcy had a good column on sportingnews.com about how the 12 at large, he would be very against the 12 at large. Some people are not against the 12 team at large. Specifically, the SEC would vote for it, I would imagine. Right. The Big Ten would vote for it, I would imagine. Uh, where are you on the automatic bid uh, discussion? I would still, I would just do that, I think. But what then just, five seven? Uh, no, the at large, the twelve at just, large. Yeah, I, I would do that and and put the twelve best teams in. They're not going to do it though. And if they do, um, it's going to make all of this realignment a m- moot point. I hate all this realignment. I, I've been pretty outspoken against that. I don't, I don't like it. I mean. I, you and I were talking through an article I was working on about looking at this versus college football 30 years ago or 40 years ago. And I'm not sure. So sure. I wouldn't take the other version, including the, the, maybe not the winning through the AP or the coaches pool, but I, I would take the BCS in some ways, not always. I think the 12 team playoff is better, but we'll see. I mean, I think what they'll inevitably do is the five, seven, but I've yeah. always said, I've said, put mine out there before I said, I would ditch the conference championship games. They'll never do that and take the 12 best teams. Because one of the things Tom Fernelli says this a lot on uh, social media, CBS sports, college football to some extent rewards geography. It does. I mean, it rewards, you know, you're in this conference, so you just happen to be here. It doesn't mean you're better than, you know, the 12 teams out of the sec and the big 10, but I mean, we'll see. I, I do think they'll go five, seven and we'll go from there. I think so too. I think so too. So, all right, back to Trochi trivia week zero. Can you name the last team to win their week zero game and then advance to a new year's six bowl game? I'm going to take a guess. I, I don't really know. I, I, I remember a Penn state UCF week zero game, but I don't, that may have even been a week one game. They were definitely in Dublin, but I don't think either one of those teams ended up being very good. Um, I'm going to guess there was a really bad Florida Miami game a few years ago. That was so bad. I don't remember who won it, but 
but I'm going to guess Florida is the last team to do it. I think it was four years ago. That's my Bill guess. Bender is undefeated, folks. He is undefeated in Trochi trivia. There, not so, really undefeated, but so you got it, it, baby. Was it Felipe Franks played in the game? 2019, Florida defeated Miami 24 to 20. Felipe Horrible Franks. Game. Horrible Felipe game. Franks was their starting quarterback. How did they get to a New Year's Day Six Bowl? They went on to the Orange Bowl, beat Virginia in the <laughs> Orange Bowl. <laughs> I don't remember that game. Kyle Trask was there the quarterback go. that uh, started the Orange Bowl for the Gators, and they uh, they beat Virginia in the only uh, Bronco. You remember ACC? Virginia, Coast, everyone Virginia, made it one year. Virginia, everyone, Virginia went that year. Yeah, the Bronco Mendenhall. They were good. They you were could good have stuck year. me with who was Virginia's quarterback because I have him pictured in my brain. I can't remember who it was. Um, so well, there, there you, you go. go. I, I should just take the win. You yeah, you got the win big time. That was awesome. Very good. I thought that was a really hard one, but uh, you nailed it. And USC and Notre Dame will be do their best yeah. to I think they'll join Florida on that list and get into a New Year's Six Bowl this year. So our next show, we're going to uh, revisit our confidence contest and preview all the big games in Week One and discuss. You know, well, we, we broke down LSU, Florida State with Jacob Hester, but we'll talk some Colorado TCU and. North Carolina, South Carolina, and just tons and tons of games. We can't wait. This is going to be a really, really fun weekend. So uh, thank you to everyone for listening for the CFP Nation All-America Podcast, brought to you by Twisted Tea on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for those of you watching on our YouTube channel at CFP Nation, thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. Don't forget, join us Saturday night also for our live reaction show around 1130 Eastern Time on the CFB Nation YouTube channel. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.